Hi, and welcome to Seen and Heard. My name is Allison Tristo, and I'm the Community Field Representative with Western United Dairies. Today, we are going to be joined by Paul Souza, who is the Director of Environmental Services at Western United Dairies, as well as Dr. Michael Payne, who is a veterinarian at UC Davis's School of Veterinary Medicine and Director of the California Dairy Quality Assurance Program. They're going to be talking to us about mortality management, as well as some issues that come along with that. Pacific Gas and Electric is here to remind you that signs keep you safe. Sections of our natural gas transmission pipeline travel underground and beneath agricultural land. For the safety of you, your family, and your employees, pipeline markers are placed to indicate the approximate location of the pipe as a reminder to use extra care. Removing a pipeline marker creates a serious safety hazard. To have additional markers placed or report damaged or missing markers, please call your PG&E account manager or our Agricultural Customer Service Center at 877-311-3276. To learn more, visit www.pge.com agsafety. Remember, signs keep you safe. Hi, folks. Hope you had a great week. Well, for the most part, markets moved all the wrong directions this week. Uh, Cheese jumped back early on uh, Monday and Tuesday, which seemed to be supported by decent demand, but then tumbled again by the end of the week. We ended with blocks down five and a half cents to two dollars, barrel uh, down one and a three quarter cents to one seventy seventy five. Uh, Class 3 futures generally followed along, um, losing a little bit for the week as well. Over on the Class 4 side, non-fat dry milk was also the commodity under some major pressure. We lost four and a quarter cents for the week, down to 125.50. Contacts note, pretty abundant supply, some increased demand, I'm sorry, increased competition out of Europe, and rising global uh, milk production uh, seem to be mounting. Spot prices there slipped to the lowest level since mid-2021. And then over on grains, we also saw prices uh, move the wrong direction, moving higher there. Uh, USDA released their latest WASDE report, and for the most part, it was bullish for both uh, corn and soybean meal. USDA increased the corn yield, uh, but trimmed harvested acres, resulting in lower total production of corn. On soybeans, uh, yields and acreage also got a haircut. USDA also made some cuts to the South American production amid all the dryness in Argentina and southern Brazil. On the demand side, however, they did reduce uh, both corn and soybean exports. Uh, The markets are closed on Monday, January 16th. It's a fairly quiet week for reports. We do have a global dairy trade event on Tuesday. And then the week after, on the 25th, we'll get another look at the milk production and cold storage report. Friendly reminder that uh, FSA extended the signups for the DMC program to January 31st. If you haven't taken a look, uh, estimates are projecting some payments out of that program. Uh, Please feel free to reach out if you have any questions.
Yosemite Farm Credit is the farmer's choice for agriculture financing. As a farmer-owned cooperative, we are dedicated to serving our neighbors in the agriculture community with financial products and services tailored to your operation and backed with the relationship you can trust. Whether you're purchasing real estate, making improvements to the dairy, or wanting to purchase or lease equipment, we're here to help our members prosper. Visit our website at yosemitefarmcredit.com to find a branch location nearest you. So let's start with you, Paul. How is it that you've gotten involved with this issue? Yeah, so I started at Western uh, in August of 2005. And then the next summer we had that heat wave in 2006. Um, I was uh, fully indoctrinated into this issue uh, right at the beginning. Uh, we had weekly conference calls and I uh, worked with Dr. Payne, who's also on the call, um, starting at that point on this issue and um, have you know really been engaged in this issue since that point. Um, it has been a slow moving issue. I, I would uh, liken it to swimming through molasses, um, you know, all those years. Uh, but as we will talk about, uh, a lot of progress has been made recently. And so I am optimistic about uh, where this has happened. But for a lot of years, this has been a very difficult or very slow moving topic. So I'm, I'm still involved in it in that I or other field staff are often the first people that are called uh, by our members when their mortalities are not picked up for whatever reason. Uh, sometimes this happens when there's major events uh, like the catastrophic heat wave and then the rendering plants are overwhelmed like happened in 2006, but it can also happen when a rendering plant has to shut down due to mechanical problems. Um, we actually had two of California's three main rendering plants uh, experience mechanical issues at the same time in 2020. And I remember that day very well. Um, I was on my way to a meeting at CDFA to talk about rendering, and I was aware that one of the plants was down. Um, on my way to the meeting, I found out that another plant was down and then met the operator of the third plant uh, at the meeting and told him, congratulations, you have the only operating uh rendering plant in California right now. And he was shocked and he made some phone calls. And um, so, it, you know, it turned into a big deal and that kind of took over the, me uh, the meeting. Um, we had other agenda items, but actually we ended up just uh, dealing with that issue. But aside from these big events, uh, sometimes producers will just have a mortality on a summer weekend uh, and the excessive heat over a two or three days uh, causes that carcass condition to deteriorate to the point that it can't be rendered. So what do you tell producers when they call you and tell you that the rendering service has been disrupted? Yeah, so there are a lot of agencies and a lot of laws and regulations about how animal mortalities and other types of organic waste can be handled. Uh, you've got CDFA involved, Cal Recycle, the Regional Water Quality Control Boards and the Air District all have responsibility in this area, which is what makes it difficult to move through. You know, I, I work with the Water Board on a lot of issues, but it's one agency and you're trying to move them through. Here it's, it's a bunch of agencies and they feed off of each other. So the solutions depend on a lot of different factors, where that dairy is located, because the counties are also a factor in this whether there's a declared emergency in that county, like from a heat event or something else, um, and what options are available in that county. I typically start by calling the rendering company and finding out what's happened. And then I call CDFA to make them aware of the situation and possibly get alternatives going if that needs to be the case. 
Uh, I also uh, will call Dr. Payne in these situations um, to talk about, you know, this is what's going on and get coordinated on moving uh, to what we need to be doing. Then I'll call our member back and let them know what is happening. Uh, normally, I just get a call that says, hey, the rendering truck didn't show up today. You know, they have no idea what happened. Um, you know, I'll make these phone calls, we'll make these connections, and I get back to them and say, oh, yeah, your rendering plant went down due to a mechanical failure. Uh, they expect to be down for a week. And then I say, you know, here's the options you've got. We're working on more options. Uh, we'll let you know. Um, but that's typically how that conversation goes when I get a call from one of our members with this issue. Can you go over some of the options that are available? Sure. So different counties um, have different um, local environmental agencies that handle these situations differently. Uh, they spell out what the solutions are. They may want producers to haul the carcasses to a different rendering plant if one is available. Uh, they may instruct our members to take mortalities to a local county landfill uh, if one is per permitted to receive these animal mortalities. Uh, for the last several years, most county agencies uh, have been instructing producers to compost the carcasses and then uh, several months later, once that compost is stabilized, to move that composted material to a landfill um, that would accept it. The option that has not been available is to compost the mortalities and then land apply the material to the fields as a soil amendment. Got it. So Dr. Payne, can you explain why we can't compost carcasses and land apply? And isn't that done in other states? Yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, California remains the only state in the nation uh, where regulations specifically prohibit the composting of mammalian carcasses. It's legal to compost other material like manure and food waste and even poultry carcasses, but it remains illegal in California to compost mammals like cattle, pigs, sheep, and goats. In fact, in September of this year, the governor signed a bill making it legal to compost human remains as an alternative form to burial. So we can now actually legally compost grandma, but we can't go ahead and legally apply and, and, and land apply people, but we can't uh, actually compost legally animals. Why is that? Well, when California's statewide mammalian composting ban went into effect a couple of decades ago, uh, both the industry and the regulators had really fresh in their minds the outbreak of BSE, uh, bovine spongiform encephalopathy and mad cow disease, in the United Kingdom, which peaked in the early 1990s. Uh, that disease ultimately infected over 100,000 British cows, and about 4.5 million cows were destroyed to control that outbreak. So the thought at the time California was examining composting as an emergency resource uh, was that if we had asymptomatic cows with BSE and those cows were composted and that composted material was land applied, then somehow this pathogen would get into the feed and multiply and reproduce an outbreak like the one that they had inside Great Britain. Did we ever experience a BSE outbreak in the United States? No, nothing like that. Um, fortunately, the U.S. learned from the scientific investigations that were being done in England, and the USDA implemented a series of firewalls in 1997 that ensured that rendered protein from mammals were never included inside the rations fed to other animals. Ultimately, mammalian, the, the mammalian composting ban, in, specifically in California, while it was well-intended, was probably overkill. Why do you say it might have been an overkill? Well, first, USDA's mammal-to-mammal -mammal food ban has kept the U.S. Uh, uh, 
epidemic free of BSE for more than a quarter century. And second, um, we have had this great disease free record uh, in spite of the fact that 49 other states inside the U.S. have been composting cows and land applying during that entire time. So the USDA ruminant feed ban has worked perfectly and, and composting hasn't proved at all to be a problem in those other states. Also, there's been a bunch of scientific studies, some done here in California, proving that when properly performed, composting reduces or eliminates many different types of pathogens like E. coli and salmonella and even anthrax. So, Paul, if composting and land application is so safe, why aren't we just composting all of our mortalities? Well, there's a couple of reasons. Um, certainly up until now, uh, there's been that statewide mammalian uh, composting ban that prevents us from composting, and that's the big one um, that really is an obstacle. Um, in the Central Valley, uh, we've also got concerns about groundwater protection uh, that prevents producers from routinely composting and burying their mortalities on farm. But those are things we can work through. I mean, you know, what practices do we need to do to be protective of water quality? I'm on board with that. Uh, but the, the mammalian composting ban is really the one that's stopping. But, you know, really rendering mortalities at centralized rendering facilities where state-of-the-art technology exists to scrub the air and process the water remains the most environmentally friendly way to recycle mortalities. And I am a big believer in that. I really, I don't want to move to 100% composting. Um, you know, we get a lot of products out of these rendering companies. It's the best way uh, to use this material, uh, making fuels, making uh, meat and bone meal. And so it, it's not for all the times that we, you know, we shouldn't be moving to 100% composting. But when rendering service is disrupted, then we run up against a big problem. Yeah, that's the issue. Um, it, it's, you know, I'm not aiming for an all the time thing. I'm, it's when we have these problems, when rendering is not available um, because of natural disasters or mechanical breakdowns, uh, that's when producers can be left without options. Um, and to address this problem is why the California Department of Food and Agriculture has been working on this issue uh, diligently for the last couple of years. Can you go into more depth of what the CDFA has been working on? Sure. Uh, they've taken a, a number of different paths. Um, they're reviewing scientific literature and they funded several composting research projects uh, to gather more information. But most importantly, um, CDFA has uh, gathered and surveyed their uh, sister state ag agencies uh, to understand what the issues with, that those um, agencies have and what the regulatory obstacles are um, to emergency composting when rendering isn't available. Uh, so, you know, getting the agencies together, understanding what their issues has been uh, a, a big part of what's um, helped move this forward. So, uh, in addition, an agency uh, has formed, uh, the agency has formed an uh, industry advisory group, and I participate on that on the behalf of Western, but all of the state's dairy trade associations are represented there. And Dr. Payne has also been sitting in on that as a technical advisor. So Dr. Payne, can you go over what potential solutions the CDFA has come up with? So after reviewing, after CDFA was uh, done reviewing this insanely Byzantine complicated sets of laws and regulations from its many different sister agencies uh, pertaining to composting, uh, and that's about a half a dozen different agencies. CDFA and CalRecycle together identified what they believed to be a workable solution, and they and they just briefed the industry on that just this past summer. So, what would that solution look like? 
Um, existing law right now appears to allow producers to fill out a one-page form that would be kept on file at their local county environmental agency. If a local or statewide emergency, uh, rendering emergency uh, is declared, then the producer would simply inform the county which would activate that notification which is sitting inside their files. This notification could be as simple as leaving a voicemail message with the county uh, on nights or on weekends or holidays, and it would allow the producer to immediately start composting. So Paul, all you have to do is fill out a form and leave a voicemail with the county? Well, not quite. There's still some more work to do, but it's all very doable. Um, if producers are allowed to compost and land apply, uh, one of the things is they need to account for the additional nutrients uh, in their annual report uh, to the water board from that uh, compost. Um, also, because there are six to eight different counties that are typically involved during the rendering emergencies, we are arranging to dry run that program early next year to identify any roadblocks before an actual emergency uh, exists. Um, and also we need to identify a uniform method to have an emergency declared so that half a dozen different counties don't have to do it all individually. And that is a very important piece of it. So we've got that notification in that form, but an emergency has to be declared before that process kicks in. And lastly, we have to figure out a regulatory pathway for those on the for North Coast dairies or that are never served by rendering or how to deal with that odd individual mortality where it's not at the level where you declare an emergency, um, you know, gets reviewed by the plant because uh, it's not renderable, uh, but it's not to the level where you declare an emergency because it's one animal on one dairy. Uh, and so that issue remains uh, to be solved. So are both of you optimistic that we're finally going to solve the issue on what to do when rendering breaks down? Actually, I'm super optimistic. I, I've seen more progress on this issue in the last 18 months than I've seen in the last 25 years. I, I think we have the right regulatory and industry people uh, in a partnership working together. Yeah, and I'm optimistic as well. I want to agree with what Dr. Payne has said. I said it earlier, um, you know, I've been working on this for quite a while and it has moved glacially slow, but the last year and a half or so, all of a sudden things have started moving. Um, the right, you know, we're talking to the right people. Um, people are trying to solve this. Uh, CDFA has shown enormous leadership in engaging all the agencies involved uh, and the industry. Um, we definitely have a seat at the table to provide any kind of reality check of what they're working on and provide feedback. We have some more to work to do, uh, but we are making a lot of headway uh, quickly. And um, I hope that that momentum continues, uh, but I am optimistic that it will. Awesome. So I'm going to ask you guys one last question. Um, is there anything else you guys would like to leave the producers with? Um, I would I would say that I'm I'm super grateful to Paul and other members of Western um, that have been uh, providing leadership in this and working so hard after it. it. It you know it's not lost upon me that Western frequently is a um, you know at the forefront of trying to go ahead and solve these issues and I, and I always love working with your staff. Yeah, uh, we have been working on this for a long time and we will continue to work on this um, until we have solutions that work for our members. Uh, and I also wanna thank uh, Dr. Payne. Um, he has maintained uh, a lot of persistence through this because um, it has been a subject that, you know, you seem like um, it hasn't been going anywhere for a long time. And then recently, um, and a lot due to his leadership, um, we've seen a lot of movement on this and um, I you know, hope to keep that up. 
Awesome. Well, thank you both for taking the time to come on the podcast. That was an awesome interview. Thank you. Thank you. Did you know that you can turn your dairy manure into cash? Bennett Environmental is offering above ground dairy digesters at no cost to you. These systems can also remove nitrates from your lagoons to help you comply with water board regulations. Our proven above ground technology will generate income for your dairy into the foreseeable future. Because we truck the renewable natural gas off site, your dairy can profit regardless of your location. Bennett Environmental, turning your wastewater liabilities into sustainable assets. Learn more at bennett-environmental.com. Are you tired of hearing that the main way to save water is fallowing? Are you tired of seeing articles about how alfalfa and corn waste water? At Common Good Water, we combine the best-in-class subsurface drip system and precision crop management services, including pest control. Our verification program qualifies for public funding, and we want to help you continue farming in California. Contact your groundwater sustainability agency and ask how you can work with Common Good Water. Visit commongoodwater.com. Thank you to Paul and Dr. Payne for taking the time to come onto this podcast and sharing their wealth of information. And if you would like to know when a new episode drops of Seen and Heard, go ahead and subscribe to the channel. I hope everyone has a great week. Thank you to the Western United Dairy's generous business sponsors, The Morning Star Company, Holt of California, Farm Credit Alliance, PG&E, Arata, Swingle, Van Egmond and Goodwin Law Offices, Yosemite Farm Credit, F&R Ag Services, Moss Energy Works, California Dairy Magazine, Bennett Environmental, and Common Good Water. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support. While Western United Dairies respects the varied views of our guests, please note that the opinions expressed in the Seen and Heard podcast may not necessarily reflect the positions of the Western United Dairies Board of Directors or our sponsors. If you would like more information on how to sponsor Western United Dairies or this podcast, please send us an email at info at 